The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, myself and Bully Ray talk about the main event from night number two of Halloween Havoc between Ilya Dragunov, your champion, and Carmelo Hayes. We also get into the officiating, kind of a carryover from a previous episode of the Busted Open podcast, and we are joined by two of the great officials in the last 25 years. Marty Elias joins us with a call-in, and Jimmy Corderas joins us with their perspective, their unique perspective on officiating right now on the Busted Open podcast. Obviously, we had a long discussion, and we're not going to get into that long discussion. We had a long discussion about the officiating in that main event on Collision, which was, again, a great match between Kenny Omega and MJF. And it was about the table spot in front of the referee. Why is there not a disqualification? And then why is the referee outside the ring and not counting? We got something similar to that last night on NXT in the main event. We had it, not a table spot, but it was a spot on the commentator desk. And the referee runs out of the ring and is checking on both the wrestlers and is not counting. For a very long period, Bully, it was a prolonged period where the ref is standing up, shouting at the wrestlers, get back in the ring, get back in the ring. Again, Bully, best way to get wrestlers to get back in the ring is getting in the ring and counting. Because that's going to make the wrestlers get back in the ring. Because if they don't, they're going to get counted out. But I have to give credit to Vic Joseph and Booker T. Because they said something that I have said on this show before. Officials discretion. And they and Vic Joseph actually said, hey guys, the ref should be counting. But the ref understands how big of a match this is. We need a clean finish. It can't be a count out. So the referee has decided not to count the 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 uh, Ilya Dragunov and Carmelo Hayes. Doesn't want it to end in a count out. Then Booker T gave credit to the referee and said exactly the same thing. Hey, this is an important match. This is a, a premium live event type of a scenario on free TV. We need to see a definitive uh, winner. We don't want to see a count out. And then Vic Joseph said, hey, he should be counting. But you know what? He's not because he wants a definitive winner. But at one point, Vic Joseph brought up, but now it's getting ridiculous. 
Now they're not getting in the ring, and now the referee has decided to count. Now, I understand the frustration, but I love that the commentators understood the moment and said, hey, wait a second. This is the official using his discretion. And then also at one point where it got ridiculous, where the referee did finally start to count. Now, is this what what they were able to, what Booker T and Big Joseph was able to do in my eyes, Bully, is take a bad situation and make it good. Why? Because they explained it's a, the official's discretion. They uh, explained how important this match is and how there shouldn't be a count out. And then it was solidified by Booker as well, him saying, I don't want to see a count out. But then it got to the point where the referee needed to count. Again, not an ideal situation, but then it got me as the viewer to say, yeah, I don't want to count out. I'm glad the referee's not counting, and I'm glad he's using his discretion in that way. So I thought, great job by Booker T and Vic Joseph buying into the moment, understanding the moment, explaining the moment to the audience so there's not that disconnect. That was what I thought in time in my eyes. Booker T and Vic Joseph did the best job I think I've ever heard on the announce table of trying to cover up for the referee not doing his job. Now, I guess they did so good of a job that they won you over. Yes. Not me. Okay. Because it was entirely too long. And if I'm going to hammer officials in other companies, I'm going to hammer them in the WWE also. Especially when it's a world championship match. Dave, two boxers in the ring. They both throw right hooks at one another. Both right hooks land right on the jaw. Both guys go down. The ref is simultaneously, a la Rocky II, counting out both men, gets to nine, and then doesn't decide to count to ten because he doesn't want the fight to end in a double knockout. He wants a definitive winner. Can a boxing referee do that? No. An MMA referee, double knockout, counting both guys, gets to nine. Can he not, not get to 10 because he wants to see a, a clean finish and a fair winner? No. We shouldn't do it in wrestling also. Every aspect of wrestling should, should have the most amount of credibility on it as possible. We know it's sports entertainment. We know there is creative liberty and creative license. But if you're going to use creative liberty and creative license, it has to be in a very small dose. So the minute you look at it and go, well, this doesn't make sense, bang, they get right back on track. That referee was on the floor immediately and then was standing there trying to get guys back in the ring, trying to get guys. This was on a dive. Something to the floor that we've seen a million times. So why couldn't they do the dive? The referee starts to count. He gets to nine. One guy slides back in the ring. The, the count stops. The other guy reaches in, drags him back out. Beat up, beat up, beat up. 
the referee starts to count again. The other guy slides back in the ring. Pull him out. Now the referee is doing his job. Now the table gets cleared off. Now they use the table. Why do I have to see the referee out there for what I believe was close to two minutes, if not more? It was probably more. It was a very, we're, we're, it we're entering like a very red time. shoes territory with the amount of time <clears throat> that referee spent on the floor. There are ways to make it make sense. And then we see the announce table blatantly used right in front of the referee. Referee goes over to the announce table, checks on them. What's the point of having a referee? And why is the referee allowing the rules to be not bent a little bit, but thrown right out the door? Why? Because he wants to see a winner? If you tell me before the match, there has to be a definitive winner and the referee has final discretion, okay, now you're priming me for something. Don't tell me at the end of the match, and and uh, I agree with you, Booker and Vic Joseph did a good job of trying to cover up, but then Vic Joseph had to just say, all right, this is too much. You know who Vic Joseph reminded me of in that moment? Who? JR. Because JR will do his best in AEW to try to cover up for the lack of a lot of things that go on, but then JR will just go out there and go, fuck it. He does. Referee sucks. <laughs> They're not doing it the right way, or you know, whatever JR says. Well, then everybody where where everybody goes online and goes, Well, why is JR saying things like that? Because the commentator also has to protect their credibility. So I, I, I am not a fan of if I was involved in that match, if I was a producer on that match, I would be saying, let's do something. Because when the referee first went out, Dave. There was nothing really going on. The The meat of that moment is the ta- the announce table spot. Yes. So if the referee was only out there during the an announce table spot, then I think I can get over it a little more. Where they, they both tried to get back into the ring. There were nine counts each time. The referee is doing his job. Then the announce table gets cleared off. Then they use the announce table. Now the ref comes out to check on both guys. Are you okay? Are you okay? Yes, I'm okay. Yes, I'm okay. Now the ref gets back in the ring. Every time I bring up these examples, Dave, psychology-wise to you, please be honest. Doesn't it make sense? It makes sense, especially when you were saying about what Ilya could have done before clearing off the table. That would have been the perfect opportunity for him to just roll under the bottom rope, roll back out. Now now you stop the count. Then you could do that spot, and then the referee could get involved because now you're breaking the count. Now, Paul went back and watched. He said it was about 2 minutes and 20 seconds that they were outside. That's a very, very, very long time. If you're talking about... 60 seconds, you know, a minute, a minute and a half. You, maybe there's a way to get around it, but two and a half minutes, bully. That's a long period of time for there to be uh, action outside the ring and nobody's breaking the count. You could have had 
you could have done the rollback in spot twice to break the count. And then Dragunov could have went for something. The other guy moves out of the way. You could have bumped the referee on the outside. Then you could have put the guy through the table. Then you could have thrown the guy back in the ring. Then you could have went for a cover. Here comes another referee. One, two, kick out, or one, two, three. There are so many ways to creatively get around this as opposed to a referee being on the on the floor for two and a half minutes. You completely take me out of the match because now I'm forced to go, this doesn't make sense. No referee is given that much discretion. Now, you want to tell me that that referee was senior official, whatever his name is, and as senior official, he has more discretion than any other official in NXT, yet he probably will have to answer to his superiors for this one? Mm, okay, I get it a little more. Like, Earl Hebner is going to have more say than, you know, John Smith, the new referee, so I definitely think that they should have thought about this a lot more because it affects the way I view a match because it lacks psychology. It didn't bother me as Obviously, it didn't bother me as much as it bothered you because of Vic Joseph and because of Booker T. And I've said it before, like, you know, in a football game, there's certain officials that don't throw the flag. If the game is close and it's an important game, that's why we always go back to last year's Super Bowl where that flag was thrown at the end of the game. It should not have been thrown. Even though there may have been a penalty on that play, you got to let them play at that point. And you've let them play all game long, and that's when you decide to throw the flag. I know it's a different situation here, but I thought like having Vic Joseph and Booker T, they didn't just they didn't just throw out like a random line, bully. They they went in depth about why they liked what the official was doing and that the official was using his discretion because of the importance of the matchup to let that go. That is an important piece to the puzzle. Now, it wasn't enough to satisfy you, and I completely get that. I understand it. It was enough for me and enough of an explanation, and they did it long enough that I was like, okay, at least they explained it and they understood why it was happening. So there wasn't like, like wait a second, why is there not a disqualification? Or wait a second, why isn't there a count out? I thought they did a good job of not just explaining, but over explaining why it was happening. So it got me back into the moment because they explained it as much as they did. I almost felt like the over explaining was so heavy handed and so forced down our throats because they said in their meeting, Somebody on Busted Open, probably Bubba, is going to kill this. So we need to do something to uh, get around it. It was a lot of explaining. It, it was. And, and I, it's funny you say that because I don't want to sound egotistical, but that's exactly what I was thinking. I was thinking that somebody there was saying, man, I was listening to Busted Open this morning, and they were killing the AEW officiating in that championship match on Collision. Boy, we're going to make sure we get Booker and, and Vic Joseph's ear and tell them to explain exactly why this is happening. Because it was Vic Joseph, then it was Booker, and then it was Vic Joseph again. They they spent at least about 30 seconds of that two and a half minutes explaining why what we were seeing was happening. Have you ever heard, to, or can you remember, or has anything uh, stuck out in your head, 
any time in the past where where the announcers spent so much time talking about the referee and why the referee was on the floor for so long. No, not when it comes to that particular thing, but I remember somebody who was the best at explaining things that made you kind of shake your head was Gorilla Monsoon. Gorilla Monsoon did a great job of like, well, you know, our official tonight, you know, is doing this because of this. Like he wouldn't spend as much time, but he would throw a little couple of lines out where you're like, okay, now it makes sense to me. Not nothing week, like we saw last night. Next week, that referee should be in the middle of the ring being interviewed or interrogated and asking, why did you allow this to go along, uh, go on for so long? And he should say, normally I wouldn't. But the NXT fan base was so rabid for a winner. And I know these guys and I spoke to the guys before the match. I know I probably should have counted to 10. But in the moment, just like a ref throws the flag in the moment, the flag that you referred to in the Super Bowl, in the moment, I did what I felt was right for the world championship match. And if that means that I bent the rules a little bit, then yes, I took it upon myself to bend the rules. And if I need to be fined, I will be fined because I think the NXT universe deserves a legitimate champion. Now you've buttoned it up for me. Yeah. And it doesn't even need to be bully, like in the middle of the ring on the show. It could be like that referee. And I, I apologize. I don't know the referee's name is walking in the hallway and bumps into Shawn Michaels and Shawn Michaels. Like, Hey, you know, you gave uh, Carmelo and Ely a lot of rope in that match uh, last week, man. You kind of, you know, for a while there, for two and a half minutes there, I was like, is this guy going to do his job? And then he said, hey, Mr. You know, Sean, I, un I understand where you're coming from. Yes, I took some liberties, but I knew that this match was important to NXT. I knew there was going to be a lot of eyes on this match. I'm sorry, but for our brand and for the fans – that came and for the fans watching at home, I couldn't have that match end in a double count out. So I wanted to see a definitive winner that boom to me. That's, that's an excellent explanation. And Dave, you said something that I find very interesting. You just said that you didn't remember the referee's name, right? Yes. And can you name me one referee in NXT? No. Can you name me one referee in AEW? I can name you all the referees in AEW. Why? How? I mean, we we know them. They're introduced. They're talked about. They sometimes they get involved. Like we 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 know who the referees are in AEW. The beauty of refereeing is you never should know or care about who the referee is, because the referee should be tucked away and only seen and heard from when the time is right. Next week would be the time. And I love the scenario you just came up with with Sean. And if they could go back in history and find a WWE championship match in which the referee spent some time on the floor, the referee could turn to Sean and go, Sean, you know, in 97, uh, when it was you versus um, Davy boy for the championship or whatever. And, you know, you guys were on the floor for 60 seconds, and I saw senior official Mike Kyoto. I'll know, throw it, I'll throw one at you right now. It's kind of like it's kind of go ahead. I'll throw one at you right now, and I and I and I think, and I I could be wrong. I don't remember if the official was Jimmy Corderas or not. The the WrestleMania 25 match between Shawn Michaels and the Undertaker when 
when Undertaker did that dive uh, to Shawn Michaels and fell. They un- Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker were outside that ring for a while. They were outside that ring for a very long time. He could say, hey, I, the, the match that made me want to be a referee, that made me want to be a, in this business, was The Undertaker and Shawn Michaels. It's one of the greatest WrestleMania matches of all time. You guys were outside that ring for five minutes. But you know what? The referee knew, hey, this is an important match. It's WrestleMania. There is no way that he was going to have a double count out. This is the streak is on the line. This is WrestleMania. The spot last week at Halloween Havoc, the spotlight was on NXT. There was no way I was going to have that match end at a double count out. When a lawyer brings up uh, another case in his, it's called case history. They use another case that a verdict had been rendered in to use to prove their point. That would be a perfect example to give to Shawn Michaels in which Shawn would go, okay, I get it. Keep up the good work. Now the referee took me into his mind to explain his decision. And that's that I like. Now, we had Earl Hepner call in to our show on Monday when we were talking about, you know what, this might be a good time. I'd love to hear from Jimmy Corderas on this because Jimmy Corderas is somebody that's always very vocal on social media about refereeing and about the rules. So maybe we'll try to get in touch with Jimmy Corderas to talk about this. But it, was that after the Undertaker dive spot? What do you mean? The the amount of time that was spent yes. on the floor. Yes, I I think that it was because of Undertaker's health and wanting to make sure that he was okay and giving him a chance to get his wits about him, because that's where he didn't get caught by the cameraman. Correct. Yes. So that probably that amount of time was based more in reality than you know the sports entertainment aspect of it. I get it, bully, but. And I I think that that match is the greatest WrestleMania match of all time. But there is that disconnect. Now, you know, a, um, a viewer that just tunes in to WrestleManias and doesn't watch everything else, they might have been doubting, why did that happen? They don't understand sure. those types of things. I'd, I'd love to get Jimmy on just to talk about that particular match last night and what he felt about it. And maybe even what he felt about what we talked about uh, with AEW's collision on Saturday in a match between MJF and Kenny Omega. And Dave, we can bring this up in the next break if you want. After last night's spot and the amount of time it took, you know, amount of time and focus was put on the referee on the floor and the clearing off of the announce table, I started to think to myself, should the announce table be legal? Yeah, we talked about this on uh, on uh, on Monday, right? I, I'm after last night. I'm saying to myself, if you're going out of your way to take the monitors out of the announce table and set the and and basically prepare the announce table to put somebody through it, isn't that kind of the same thing as pulling out a table? You're going out of your way. It's almost like it's almost like first degree murder or uh, 
you know, second degree or manslaughter. There's different there's different versions of it. Like if the if the announce table is used inadvertently, like if two guys are out on the floor, a guy charges, you backdrop him and he just happens to go through the announce table. Well, that's inadvertently. Yes. You landed where you happened to land. The Busted Open Podcast is now available on YouTube. This is Dave LaGreca, host of Busted Open, the number one pro wrestling show on the planet. You can now watch and listen to the award-winning Busted Open Podcast every single day on YouTube. Our best interviews, behind-the-scenes access, and some of our best content from the past. All available right now when you go to YouTube.com slash at Busted Open Podcast. Subscribe right now. NetCredit is here to say yes to a personal loan or line of credit when other lenders say no. Apply in minutes and get a decision as soon as the same day. If approved, applications are typically funded the next business day or sooner. Loans offered by NetCredit or lending partner banks and serviced by NetCredit. Applications subject to review and approval. Learn more at netcredit.com slash partner. NetCredit. Credit to the people. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. The best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for $15 a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash busted open. That's mintmobile.com slash busted open. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash busted open. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factors No Prep No Mess Meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors Fresh Never Frozen Meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Head to Factormeals.com slash Busted50 and use code Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Busted50 at Factormeals.com slash Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. And Bully, talking about the officiating, again, I thought it was okay because of the explanations 
uh, from Vic Joseph and Booker T. Yeah, there was a lot of action outside that ring. Two and a half minutes worth of action outside that ring. Uh, Bully, you know, you said it was a major distraction. I thought they did a great job of covering up exactly what we saw uh, inside and outside the ring in that main event. Again, it doesn't. It doesn't take anything away from what Ilya Dragunov and Carmelo Hayes did last night in that match. Uh, Ilya Dragunov, the expressions on his face, how everything matters in the ring when he's wrestling, uh, the struggle of the fight, you see that in Ilya Dragunov. Uh, Carmelo Hayes, picture perfect, man. I mean, the guy just, to me, he's primed and ready for the main roster. Uh, when Trick Williams came out, the expression on his face, you talk about one expression telling a complete story. Carmelo Hayes was able to do that uh, last night. Plus, he brings a big match feel to matches now, Bully. I really think he does. And as far as the action outside the ring, I get it. You're fired up. You're excited. I can totally see that. But for me, I give credit where credit is due. I give credit to Vic Joseph, and I give credit to Booker T. Booker T and Vic Joseph did a phenomenal job uh, last night covering up what, like you said, hey, there should have been a count. There should have been one of the wrestlers rolling under that bottom rope to break the count. Didn't happen. Vic Joseph and Booker T did a phenomenal job of covering that up and explaining why the referee wasn't counting. So my snap isn't really a snap. It's more of a credit to the NXT commentators, Booker T and Vic Joseph. LaGreca Snaps is brought to you by Slim Jim. Snap into a Slim Jim. The number one pro wrestling show on the planet, Busted Open, is available seven days a week by subscribing and downloading the Busted Open podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. Join me alongside two WWE Hall of Famers, Mark Henry and Bully Ray, the hardcore legend, Tommy Dreamer, plus Thunder Rosa and Mickey James, all week long as we break down everything going on in and out of the ring. Listen to Busted Open right now on the SXM app or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, I'm opening up the phone lines, Bully, and one of our first callers is the great referee, Marty Elias, who joins us here on Busted Open. Sir, how are you? And thanks for calling in. Hey, I'm great, guys. Thanks for having me and taking the call, man. Uh, I had a buddy of mine tell me uh, that you guys were talking about referees and matches and stuff, so I said, you know what? I'm going to call in. Okay, so I don't know if you watched the main event from NXT last night, but there's the sequence of about two and a half minutes where the referee was out with Carmel Hayes and Ilya Dragunov where he wasn't making a count, and he was trying to get them back into the ring. Um, Vic Joseph and Booker T covered it on commentary saying it's officials' discretion about the count. It was a, it was a disconnect for Bully Ray. And one of the things that we brought up was WrestleMania 25. To me, the greatest WrestleMania match in WrestleMania history was Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker. And it kind of jogged my memory. There was a long period of time where The Undertaker and Shawn Michaels was outside of the ring. So, man, you're the best person to talk about it because you were there. So what do you think about that discussion and about a referee's discretion in moments like that? 
Well, for me, from and this is just my personal experience, is, you know, I like to talk to the boys beforehand. And what, what it is, it, it's called working. And, again, it's up to the boys and up to the referee to communicate that. And, again, it could be the agent. It could be the powers that be saying don't count. or But for the WrestleMania uh, thing, what we did is, you know, again, that was a shoot. We didn't know that Taker was really hurt until after the fact. But, again, it was just selling it dramatically. And I knew that they were going out there, so I was smartened up to that already. But, again, in that case, when that doesn't happen – I suggest to young referees and such is to go out there and jaw jack with them and get in between and to let one of them know to come in and break the count. Because when you do that, it doesn't draw it out as long as it, it, it is. And it doesn't look, and, it, it, and people can't question, well, how come the referee's not counting? You know, he shouldn't be counting, which Bub is absolutely right. But again, I think it's, it's up to the boys to, to, to know where the count is and to get back into the ring and at least discuss that and, and give the referee the Iggy to either come out, get with them, jaw jack, they get back in the ring. So, you know, it could be a combination of things. But for me and my personal experience, I always like to make sure that I'm jaw jacking with the boys in between and, and letting them know that, hey, get in and protect me and protect yourself. Marty, I'm glad you brought up uh, protecting you because I think it's up to the wrestlers to make sure that the referees are always protected. And if the wrestlers don't protect the referee, the referee has to take it upon himself to keep himself credible and protected. So let's say hypothetical situation. I was in a match against, um, I, I don't know, uh, AJ Styles. And as we're going over the match, we talked about how we're going to do it. AJ's going to dive on me on the floor and we're going to fight on the floor and then we're going to clear off the announce table and then somebody's going to go through announce table and then we're going to double down outside. And as we're talking about this, you realize that we're going to be outside well past a 10 count, probably more than a minute and in your mind, you're like, guys, you're going to be out there for two minutes. How, as a referee, knowing that this is going to happen, how do you handle that? Okay, I would ask the boys, okay, I need one of you to get back in, break the count, or actually just make sure that, you know, you guys aren't dragging it out as much as you can. But then again, what I would suggest, and, and again, this is from my experience, what I would suggest to you and AJ is that, look, I'm going to get back into the ring and I'll give you guys a count and I'll jaw jack. And, and then what I would do is I would prolong that count. With, with, and that's exactly what I did at WrestleMania 25. I dramatized it and I, I just gave that long count. And then once I got to a five or a three, then I would take it upon myself to go out and let them know, hey, you guys are here, give them a time cue, whatever, and then jaw jack with them to, so it prolongs that, give them more time, and then I would get back into the ring, and then I would restart a count. So it doesn't look like they've been out there forever, or you guys weren't out there forever. And then, again, I, if I had to go out there a second time, I would do that. But, again, it would give us the time to do that and not say, well, the referee's not counting, he's not doing his job. And again, it protects the boys and it protects me, if that makes sense. And you sense. see, Marty, one, I believe 
that once a referee starts a count, he cannot end it. I think that hurts the referee. So yeah. my suggestion earlier on in the show, and I think you, I think you mirrored my sentiments is once you start counting, it's up to one of the boys to roll back in and break the count. Now yeah. the credibility is on the ref. Yeah. Now you're doing your job. Now you don't look stupid. Cause whenever I see a referee start to count and now the referee gets to six and to seven and then just stops counting because he wants to talk to the boys and admonish them and remind them to get back in the ring. I don't think that looks good for a referee. I know now I just go ahead. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And again, like I said, if it was me working today, I would take it upon myself to do that because I wouldn't want them to be out there that long. But again, it really goes back to the boys protecting the referees and them taking it upon themselves to know where the count is and to get in to break it. I don't care if you slide under, you put an arm in or whatever, but just help me help you if that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. Marty, were you ever in a situation in which you had to interject in the back and tell the guys, hey, guys, you're kind of me leaving me out there with, you know, hanging me out to dry. Can you do a little bit of a better job protecting me? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and, and that's the thing I, I don't feel. And again, I'm not working for any company today, so I don't know what, what, what the circumstances are. But again, if I hear somebody putting together a match and, and they're going to hang me like that, I always say, okay, who's going to take care of me? You know, wh where do I need to be? What do you want me to do? And I'll pose those questions because, again, the only person who's going to bury me is me at this point, you know? And, again, I, I don't want anybody else burying me, whether it be intentional or unintentional. But, again, it's, it's protecting the referee and it's protecting the match and the boys need to be really aware of that. But, again, I do interject, you know, if, if, if there's things, and I've been in that situation where I've had to interject and go, hey, what about me? And, and then they'll go, oh. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, Marty, we need you here. Okay, good. Just give me a perspective of what's going to happen. And again, let's work together. That's why it's called working. You know, Marty, we talked about the match at WrestleMania 25 and The Undertaker and Shawn Michaels and how much time they spent outside the ring. Was it easy to explain that because it was like an, an unusual circumstance with the cameraman? Like, it's not like Shawn Michaels used a foreign object or they were battling outside the ring. Like there was a distraction from outside of the parameters. Is that easier to explain being outside the ring for that long of a period of time? Yeah. And, 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 it's, and if you look back at that match too, Sean threw me into the barricade, you know, so I took a big bump myself. So then I was down and then the spot came with the cameraman and such. And again, at that point, we didn't know how hurt taker was until we got to the back. But again, I was selling and I knew that something was wrong because when you got 74,000 people who go quiet all of a sudden, you know something's wrong. So then Sean came out and grabbed me. So then when we got back into the ring, I really was selling that and Sean was lifting me up to go back and look at it and talking to me because we didn't know how hurt Taker was. But again, Sean told me at that moment, he goes, take your time and count very slow. And that's exactly what I did. So to be honest, Taker and I didn't make eye contact until about eight because he was concussed and stuff. But again, it was just knowing the moment and feeling it and then 
for me, like I tell people on that count, I dramatized it and I prolonged it because we didn't know where Taker was. And again, when you get in situations like that, you need to be able to, to do that kind of thing and think on your toes. Yo, what's going on? This is Bully Ray from Busted Open on Sirius XM's Fight Nation. For 15 years, we've brought you the best pro wrestling talk on the planet. And now, we're bringing you even more. Yo, guys, welcome to Busted Open After Dark. Every Wednesday night, as soon as AEW Dynamite ends, I'm bringing you instant reactions with the Busted Open Nation. The only place to party on Wednesday nights is Busted Open After Dark. With me, Uncle Bully. Download it on Apple, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcasts. Mr. Jimmy Corderas. Sir, how are you? And thank you for the time. Oh, my pleasure, guys. Thank you. I love the show. And uh, uh, I was snapping into a Slim Jim when I thought I heard my name. And then I said, you know what? Maybe I should call in. You know what? I know. Jimmy, I have that problem, too. Like, my wife will be talking to me, and I snap into a Slim Jim. I can't hear what she's saying because of that snap from the Slim Jim. So I'm hoping everybody is snapping into their Slim Jims this morning. There's no better breakfast, the Breakfast of the Champions, Slim Jim. Hey, you, you don't have to convince me. You're preaching <laughs> to the choir. <laughs> Thank you, Jimmy. Jimmy, listen, you're obviously somebody on social media, on the airwaves, in your book. You're, you're an author as well. You know, you talk about the sanctity of the official and the importance of the referee and how that needs to be protected. Uh, Jimmy, obviously this week, and it wasn't something that was planned. It's just something that happened based on what we saw on Saturday in AEW and what we saw last night on NXT. It's kind of like, you know, sports talk radio. Probably half the time sports talk radio hosts are talking about the officials and calls that are happening in games. It seems like that's happening more and more in the world of pro wrestling as well, isn't it? It seems to be, but it's happening for the wrong reasons, because as I like to explain it, the referee is there to help the talent tell their story, not be the story. And the focus should be on those those ones selling the tickets and putting asses in seats, for lack of a better term. And your job as a referee is to be uh, visible, but also invisible. Let people know you're there officiating, but don't distract and take away from what's going on in the ring. And that seems to be what's going on a lot lately. As I like to, as not like to, but as I've been noticing, heat has been going to the wrong person. You want the heat to go on the heel. You don't want heat to go on the officials. And that's what seems to be going on lately. Jimmy, did you happen to see the main event of NXT last night? Uh, unfortunately, guys, I haven't had a chance to see it yet because it was Halloween last night, so I had to take care of some business here. And I was going to watch it uh, uh, today, but now I'm definitely going to have to go back and watch it. But just listening to you guys, I have a pretty clear understanding of uh, what happened, that's for sure. Did you happen to see the champ the AEW championship match between Kenny Omega and MJF? Uh, yes, I did. And the use of the table in front of the referee. Do you have an opinion on that? Uh, yeah. See, there's a difference between, like, I know people talk about, well, what's the difference if they use the announce table or versus a table that's brought out from the ring? The thing with the announce table is there, it's like part of, in my opinion, you can explain that it's part of the setup of the ringside area. It's like r ramming someone into the, the steps. They lead up to the ring. That's not a disqualification, but if you pick up the steps and hit somebody with them, then it's a DQ. 
But if you run them into the barricade because it's part of the setup, you, that's not a DQ. But if you were able to take, let's say, one of those bicycle rack barricades, pick it up and hit somebody, it's a DQ. The table is there. You're just putting someone through part of the set, if that makes any kind of sense. That's like saying, let's bring somebody up on the stage and you powerbomb them on the stage. Is that a DQ because the stage is not part of the ring? You know what I mean? Does that make sense? It does make sense. It, it's 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 like we talked about it on Monday, Jimmy, like with the table. You're bringing, you as the wrestler are bringing that table into the action. You're not doing that with the announce table. The announce table is already there. But now you're right. bringing, you know, quote unquote, a foreign object into that match, which should be a disqualification. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you completely. And again, it, when you don't do, you don't, you don't have consistency with the rules. Like uh, for countouts, for example, you can fudge the numbers. That's not a problem. But two and a half minutes, that, that's a lot of fudging. And again, it doesn't. It puts the heat on the wrong person. It's like, why isn't the referee counting? Why is he outside so long? That shouldn't be what the focus is. The so focus should be, oh my goodness, is so and so really hurt? You know that that sort of thing. Well, yeah, but but Jimmy, like the one thing I brought up where it bothered Bully. It, it bothered Bully enough that he picked up his phone and he tweeted about it during the show last night. I thought, and I'm using an example from NXT in the main event last night, is that I felt like. The commentators, and that's part of the commentator's job, they did an excellent job of explaining why he wasn't counting. You know, Vic Joseph and Booker T both explained that, hey, it's kind of like, you know, the official's discretion. He knows the importance of this show. He knows the importance of this match. So he's not going to have this match end with a count out. Like, I, I know it's not right. I know it's still wrong, but... Do you look at it a little bit differently knowing that the commentators kind of covered it up with that explanation? I understand that the, they did a hell of a job of trying to cover it up, but at the same time, that explanation only lasts for a certain amount of time. It still went on far too long. It, it, if the two and a half minutes is, is the number, then that Jimmy, it went on Jimmy, this is where I brought up creative license and creative yes. liberty. You can have the creative liberty of being out there on the floor a little longer than normal, and now the referees can cover it up. But once you hit a certain time, creative liberty gets thrown out the door to the point where Vic Joseph had to even say, okay, this is getting a little ridiculous. Right. No, I, I completely agree, Bully. And, and if you're going to be out there that long, let someone know that you plan to do that and you could cover cover it up in other ways. You know, yes, the referee could fudge the numbers a little bit and slow it down and and delay it a little bit. And nobody wants the match to end in a double double countout. But maybe you can do a little spot where the referee ends up counting both guys out because it did take too long. Have the authority figure come out and go, no, this match is far too important to end this way. The referee did a, did his job like he's supposed to, but we don't want the match ending this way. This match will continue with no countouts. Jimmy, you like just that. gave a much better suggestion than me and Dave came up with this morning because yeah. that keeps all of the credibility on the referee. And now you have an authority figure making the decision that only a th an authority figure can make and not, quote unquote, just a referee. Right, because the referee is supposed to follow the rules uh, and, and enforce them and not change them 
only the authority figure has the ability to, let's say, mid-match saying this will be no disqualification, this will be no countouts from now on, anything goes, whatever the case may be. The referee can't just make that decision on the fly or shouldn't be able to. It's interesting because that explanation, you're right, me and Bully just perked up when you said that that was the perfect way that you could have done what we did last night. Uh, let me ask you this, Jimmy. Now, and, Dave, and- Dave, just listen, just watch this. Look at what Jimmy, who is a, he's a referee. So he's going to think in terms that maybe a wrestler wouldn't think. He just came up with a perfect scenario. Yeah. Why can't everybody start thinking in these terms to keep credibility on the referee? And that's where I want to go with you, Jimmy. And obviously with refereeing, uh, the podcast, Reffing It Up with uh, Brian Hebner, uh, available mm-hmm. now. So wherever you get your podcast, make sure you listen because, you know, Brian and Jimmy, friends of the show, do an excellent job of breaking this down. And it gives you the official's perspective on what's going on in the world of pro wrestling. Jimmy, let me ask you, like, has referees and officials become almost like a lost art in pro wrestling? Are we getting too far away from the foundation of this? It, at times, I, I feel like it is. And, and I don't want to pick on a specific promotion because I want all promotions to succeed because when they all succeed, then the business flourishes as a whole. And that's what I want to see. I'm, I'm a fan of the industry, not one particular brand. It's, like, it's become like politics now. Where I'm, I'm not voting for the lawn, the color of the lawn sign. You know what I mean? Well, so, no, but, but Jimmy, uh, I but think. To, and, but back and, to your question. And, sorry, back ahead. to your question. I, I feel that in some instances it is becoming okay. Just do what I say, and you have no no say into what's going on. If that if you're getting my drift here. No, I'm not getting your drift. Who, who is saying just do what I say? It just feels like that the referees are just going along with it without putting any, um, um, like Marty said earlier, suggestions like if they're talking about doing something and you think, oh, that's not going to, that, that doesn't, that's going to hurt my authority in the ring and make it look like the, I'm not doing my job and, and go to the town and say, guys, I don't mean to be disrespectful or anything, but if you do that spot, then the heat's going to go on me where it's not supposed to go as opposed to where it's supposed to go on one of you guys. Well, I mean, and this, this is where like, and, and bully and I have talked about this before and Jimmy coming from you, Jimmy, you're one of the greatest referees of all time. You've, you've refereed WrestleManias. You've refereed some of the biggest matches in WWE history. See, if I'm TLC hearing two. Jim, what's that? Uh, and TLC two was one of them. That's that's right. In some people's opinions, <laughs> the greatest you, the greatest you. match in WrestleMania history. It's in my top five. There's no doubt about it. Top three, mm. yes, maybe even top two. But um, but this is where and bully. I know you're going to agree with me on this one. This is called constructive criticism. If I'm somebody with an organization or I'm an official that's listening to this right now, I'm not taking this as oh my god. Here's Again, somebody else from a decade ago, you know, yelling and screaming. No, this is, to me, like, all right, this is somebody that knows the business, understands the business, made this business their career. Maybe this is somebody I should listen to. So I think, and, you know, you were talking about how the world is now. I think in a lot of ways that when people hear criticism, right away their their guard goes up and they're ready to fight. 
to me, this is called constructive mm-hmm. criticism. If I'm somebody, if I'm a referee in 2023, I'm listening to Jimmy Corderas on Busted Open or Jimmy Corderas on Reffing It Up, and I'm listening to what somebody like Jimmy Corderas has to say. That's called constructive criticism. So I understand, Jimmy, you saying, I don't want to call anybody out. But I think this is the perfect time to call people out because they need to learn, especially if it's a younger company that's only been doing it Mm -hmm. for a short time. This is how you learn. This is how you get better. That's just my opinion. No, I, I, I completely understand that. And like, I, again, not to pick on AEW, but I see it happen there more than anywhere else. Yes, it happens elsewhere. I've seen it happen in WWE as well, but not to that extent. It just seems to happen more frequently. And I know people are going to say, oh, there's that old school guy, get off my lawn uh, kind of guy. Here he goes again. The business has evolved. It's, just, it's moved past him. But I look at it this way. It's like the, in, the invention of the wheel. When it was first invented, it was made of stone. And then they made it lighter because they made it wood. And then it became rubber, vulcanized rubber. It, it evolved over years. But at the end of the day, the wheel remained round. And that's the same with the wrestling business. The, the, the basic principles of wrestling stay the same. There's m- maybe different ways you can get to your ends, uh, but at the same time, the, the principles are all still pretty much the same. I, I believe, Jimmy, that um, it, you, you talked about AEW, and for that uh, specific company, I think it is the wrestlers who are putting the referees in bad situations. And I think the referees are keeping their mouths shut because they don't want to step on anybody's toes. And they like that check every two weeks, because I cannot believe that a referee like Paul Turner, who I have personally worked with and would ask for Paul to be my referee in ring of honor, because I trusted him. I cannot believe a guy like him doesn't know better. He does know better, but he's only going to speak up so much because the black cloud of fear that looms over the wrestling business at times makes you shut your mouth and just go along to get along or get along to go along or whatever that freaking saying is. <laughs> and when you have somebody, no. when you have a veteran in the ring or you have your one of your executive vice presidents are telling you, well, uh, we're going to do a double team spot for uh, 37 seconds, but don't worry about it. Everything will be fine. What do you do? You keep your mouth shut and you just go along. Bully, I, I hate to say this, but you almost read my mind, especially when you uh, said the EVPs, the executive vice presidents. And, and maybe that's one of the reasons why the, some of the referees are probably just, like you said, keeping their mouth shut, don't want to rock the boat and figure I'm just going to go along with the program, get my paycheck and and just that's it it's not a hypothesis it's the exact freaking reason guaranteed stamp of approval that's it well one thing bully and, and, and and tony khan has been public saying this he doesn't like the count out finish he doesn't like the disqualification finish you know he wants you know in his eyes to the public that's dissatisfying and i understand where he's coming from when he says that. But then there's ways, like you said, Jimmy, to massage what's going on in the body of the match so you don't have the disqualification. And again, Bully has said this before. 
you know, no DQ match, a Texas tornado rules. Like there's certain things that you can announce before the match that can explain a non DQ finish. Cause I think it's, and I could be wrong here. I think it's like something ridiculous since AEW has started. It's been maybe one or two DQ finishes. Like, you know, listen, when rules are broken, they, you know, things like that are going to happen. I also think sometimes, Jimmy, a DQ finish may not be satisfying, but it can prolong a story where that story is going to have a satisfying ending. Again, and, and, and this is where I want fans of, you know, you mentioned the tribalism before, Jimmy. People need to listen. When, we, when, when I say things like this, when Bully says things like this, Jimmy, when you say things like this, it's not because we're pointing a finger at a, at a certain organization because we don't like that organization. Shit. We want every organization to not just survive but to thrive. We want everyone to be successful. Yes. This is called constructive criticism. In our view, how things could get better. And at the end of the day, Jimmy, telling better stories. Because you need to have storytelling in order for people to put their eyes on your product long term. Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast. Catch the full three hours of Busted Open Monday through Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation, channel 156. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash Busted Open Trial to start your free trial today. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.